President Matt Gates formally moved yesterday to oust House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, filing a motion to vacate the chair. The House must vote within two legislative days on the motion itself or on a separate motion to table or dispense with it. Gates has threatened to bring the motion for weeks if McCarthy brought the stopgap spending bill to the floor that required Democrats to pass, as McCarthy did Saturday after Republican holdouts blocked earlier attempts. He also accused McCarthy of breaking multiple promises. Um, he also reportedly blames McCarthy for an ongoing ethics investigation that could potentially lead to his expulsion from the House. The motion will require widespread Democrat support to succeed. Gates has reportedly offered Democrats subpoena power. Again, a lot of reportedly here. It's the media, so you can't, you, you just can't believe it. Doesn't mean that it's not true, but you almost any longer, and this is a sad state of media, media today. Take it with the same level of trust that you would some sort of gossip magazine. Where it's 50-50, could be true, couldn't be true. I mean, that that is unfortunately where we are today. Um, you know, There is a great misunderstanding. We talked about this yesterday with Congressman Burleson as to exactly what this means. It does not mean that McCarthy is no longer the Speaker of the House. And this isn't unprecedented. The... The, the period of time where McCarthy was needing the votes in order to become speaker, and there was a lot of the dealing going on, and some establishment Republicans were acting as if this request or demand, if you will, condition, that, that it only takes one member of Congress to call for vacating the chair was tyrannical. It was insane. You're saying just one member. That's the way it had always been until Nancy Pelosi got into office or into the speakership rather. And this, and, and then she raised the threshold presumably to protect herself. The reason that it had not really been that disruptive in the past with the need of only one member of Congress making the move is because you still then have to have a majority of people that will vote to replace that individual. And that is in all likelihood unlikely. And so it's one of the reasons why, again, it hasn't been something that has been utilized that much, despite the fact that prior to Nancy Pelosi, it only did take one member to call to bring the motion. Um, because, again, uh, other than you're making a point, I suppose, Gates is not expected to get, you know, you've got to have a majority of House members vote in favor of somebody else being Speaker in order for that to happen. And barring Gates and, you know, uh, some other Republicans voting with Democrats to put a, re a Democrat in there, and that's not going to happen, obviously. Um, it uh, this most likely isn't going to amount to much at all. I want to, before we get to the news, mention the findings in the latest poll. RFK Jr. independent run would help Donald Trump hurt Joe Biden. 
I think it's fair to say the headline is a bit misleading because it makes a one point difference in terms of the improved chances of Trump beating RFK Jr. But the reason I bring this up is because there appears to be this this pretty unquestioned evaluation that RFK Jr. would be a help to Biden and a hurt to Trump, and that's based off of polling in which people in the past have been asked, how do you view RFK Jr. favorably, unfavorably, you don't really know, and amongst Republicans, RFK Jr. has gotten a more positive response versus Democrats who don't like him. And I've noted that while so many others have seen this as a clear red flag, that it may not be that way because simply because somebody says they like him, that doesn't mean they're going to vote for him for president. I have, you know, said this on a number of occasions that if I'm asked that question, do you like, you know, do you have a favorable view of him? Well, I do in the context of the fact that he's a Democrat and he's willing to have conversations with Republicans without demonizing them. That's kind of a a breath of fresh air in the current Democrat Party environment. That doesn't mean I'm going to vote for him for president of the United States. And I think that a lot of Republicans, and frankly, some who've said that they like him because they know Democrats hate him. And some Republicans that have a favorable view of him because they think that he, as a third-party candidate, could beat Biden, or cause Biden to lose, rather. And Trump win. So what this poll, this one is different in that it asks, hey, who are you going to vote for for president, Trump or Biden? Then they throw RFK Jr. in there to see what that looks like. In Breitbart, they note RFK Jr. running as an independent 2024 presidential candidate would help former President Donald Trump and hurt Joe Biden in the general election, a recent Echelon Insight survey found. A preview of the survey shows Trump leading Biden in a head-to-head presidential mashup nationally 46 to 43%, which is a three-point lead. In that scenario, 11% remain unsure for whom they would vote. However, if you put RFK Jr.'s name in as an independent candidate, Trump's lead over Biden expands by one point. This is one point. Which puts him four points over Biden at 40% Biden or... uh, or sorry, 40% Trump, Biden 36, while Kennedy would garner 14% support. In that scenario, 10% remain unsure. Another look at the survey's crosstabs show Kennedy ultimately taking 17% of Democrat-leaning voters while taking 11% among Republican-leaning voters. In other words, Democrats are more negatively affected by a Kennedy independent run than Republicans are. The survey coming as Kennedy is said to be... Planning this announcement, he's talked about October 9th. We played the announcement yesterday in which he indicates that uh, there's a path forward for his candidacy, and it's largely expected that he's going to announce that he is running as third party because he's essentially not being allowed to, quote, run as a Democrat. All of the components of a campaign, such as debates, for example, he, as well as the other Democrat candidates, are being denied. And so I imagine his position is, if I'm not even allowed to run, 
by my own party, then I'm going to go a route that does allow me to run. Now, this isn't to say, based off one poll, automatically this means that, you know, uh, really his race would be irrelevant because it would draw the same amount from both of them or draw a a little more from Biden than it would for Trump because a lot of things can change. And how many of these people who say that now would actually continue on Election Day to feel that way with all of the things that can happen between then and now? But I do think that it does indicate the the fear that without question, Kennedy running as an independent would be harmful to Trump and helpful to Biden, that that has not been settled. I think that that's up in the air. I will say this, and I firmly believe it. I've said it before and I will say it again. If it does get to the point where it appears as if Kennedy could cause Biden to lose, I think there is a very, very, very good chance that RFK Jr. has every reason to fear being killed. And the fact that this administration continues to deny him Secret Service protection in the same way they refuse to deny Kavanaugh additional security and arrest the protesters in the lead-up to that assassination attempt against him, I, I, whether it is, to me, I don't know how this administration can possibly continue to deny him Secret Service protection. And if he is not given that protection and he is viewed as, if, in other words, killing him is believed to be the key if he's taken out of the picture to helping Biden win re-election, I think that it is very plausible that there will be some activists out there, just like the activists who thought he could stop the overturning of Roe v. Wade by taking out conservative judges, just like the Bernie Sanders campaign volunteer who thought he could save Obamacare and save the environment by taking out as many Republicans as possible, that there will be some Democrat activist, some left winger who believes that taking out RFK Jr. is what will save this country from Donald Trump. First alert forecast, color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, 83 today in sunny, slight chance of shower storms overnight tonight down to 64. Shower storms likely tomorrow, 75, still a chance of shower storms Thursday, 75, and Friday, sunny, I have 65. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Uh, Senator Bill Igel, who is running for governor will be joining us in studio coming up here around 7 35 thought i'd mention that for you uh you want a great home loan you want a, i want a great home loan.com what an easy place for what a great convenient name for the website because you want a great home loan right so i want a great home loan.com it is your beginning step for the process And listen, if you have any questions, I know there's so much talk about the interest rates and waiting for them to go down. But then at the same time, when they go down, you're going to have more people that say, oh, now's the time. And that means you're going to have more people in the supply and demand, more demand with the same amount supply, which means that that can cause the pricing to go up, which can more than offset the interest rate deal. 
And with an interest rate, wherever it is that you get today, you can refinance that later when the rates do go down. I don't know whether it's the right decision for you. There's a lot of components involved in that, but that's where the character team can help navigate, guide, and give you all the information you need in order to make that decision. And that, again, is I want a great loan.com because you do. All right, let's see. Um, oh, B Biden had made a comment that he had reached a deal with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy regarding aid for Ukraine. After signing the short-term government funding bill until all Saturday, he lamented the lack of funding for Ukraine, urging Republicans to keep their word on supporting foreign country. So what, what reporters were dealing with here is Biden on one hand claiming, yep, we worked out a deal. McCarthy and I, we got a deal. And then apparently there wasn't a deal. And so they're wanting to know, well, what happened with that, that deal? Biden came out. He's like, yep, got it. The Ukraine thing, we got that all taken care of, but apparently there wasn't. So what? what's the story here? And with Biden, you can only find yourself grasping at any potential explanation given that what well, you just don't know with him. Was he thinking of something else? Did he know what he was talking? I mean, you, you just don't know the answer to it. So that left yesterday a number of reporters asking Corinne Jean-Pierre, what about this deal Biden was talking about? Partisan support that we've seen for Ukraine from the beginning, and we believe that's going to continue. And so that is what we we see, and that's how we see this moving forward. Well, why would the president say that he made a deal if he didn't? I'm just saying that what we're seeing currently uh, from Congress is that uh, is that there has been, right? There has been overwhelming support. That is what the president said. A majority of Congress showing overwhelming support uh, to have to, to continue that support for Ukraine. And that's what we're going to continue to, that's what we're going to continue to see. Did the speaker provide some kind of back channel assurance that he would bring Ukraine money he, up for that think, what he was referring no, to? No, I don't even think the speaker needs to do back channel. He said, he himself said yesterday that I support being able to make sure Ukraine has the weapons that they need. He said that. He is, and we expect him to uh, to keep his word on that. But then I guess I'm just trying to understand what the president meant when he said um, he just made well, a deal. What I'm saying to you is that we have seen bipartisan support from Congress for to continue the funding in Ukraine. That's what we expect, and that's what we want to continue to see. We've seen, uh, we've heard from Speaker McCarthy himself just yesterday saying that he wants to continue that support, and that's what we want to see moving forward. Is it possible the president made a deal that you don't? I'm know just, about? I'm just saying that I'm not going to go beyond what the president said. Just not going to go what beyond. What true? I'm not going to go beyond what the president. So you won't said. say that it, what he said was true. I'm not going to go beyond what the president. You're said. declining to say that what he said was true. I just answered. Go ahead. Yeah. So this is, of course, again the frustration. <laughs> And I've openly indicated at this point, it really doesn't even make any sense for these events to occur any longer because you don't get any answers. And frankly, a lot of time, I think Corinne Jean-Pierre has no clue. You almost want her to say, I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to this. 
You know that Biden says things that are random. He says things that aren't true. I don't know. I don't know if he had a moment. I don't know what he was talking about. Frankly, we asked him later and he didn't remember it. He didn't know what he was talking about. And, and so I don't know. Okay. Is that what you want? Are you happy? Because we all know that's the answer. And this is part of the absurdity of these back and forth dances that occur between the journalists and Corinne Jean-Pierre is that it doesn't ever offer. Everyone knows what's going on. Everyone knows that the administration is Biden isn't in charge, that he makes statements that are not in touch with reality. They oftentimes contradict what other people within his administration are saying on that exact same day on the exact same topic. And then Corinne Jean-Pierre has to deal with this. And it's like, how are you the spokesperson for somebody that is incoherent and wakes up in a different world every single day and doesn't remember a conversation with you from one day to the next? It's a very difficult thing. And, you know, they know what she's having to deal with. And she, of course, she can't say it, but you do just wish she would, don't you? When they continue to say, we're trying to figure out what Biden meant, for Corrine Jean-Pierre to go, do you think I know what he meant? Do you think he knows what he meant? We all know he doesn't know what he meant. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Right, we're going to have a check on the traffic here, as I mentioned earlier. Gubernatorial candidate Bill Igel is in the studio with us. We are streaming live, Facebook 1041 Nick Reed, sponsored by Springfield Raps, who designed the KSGF studio. We do have happy hour coming up, Retro Metro, Friday, 4 to 6. Love to, uh, to see you there. Traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm sexy and I know it. Sarah Myers, everyone. Thank you. Well, whenever a unexpected home repair pops up, it can be incredibly frustrating. And that's why I love to recommend the professionals with the Beatles property maintenance team. Now, Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S. They are locally owned, family owned business serving our community for well over a decade now. And they provide a variety of high quality property maintenance and repair services. They can help you out with everything from mold remediation, Cross space repair services, real estate services. So if you're looking to sell your home and you have things pop up in that inspection phase, they can help you out with those items. Water restoration, bathroom remodels, plus so much more. So whenever an unexpected home repair does pop up, you can trust in the Beatles property maintenance team. Now you can give Bruce and his team a call today and you can find all of that contact information for Beatles property maintenance under the Sarah's endorsements tab at KSGF.com. And that first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 40. Meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements, mostly sunny. High today of 83, 64 tonight with a slight chance of showers and storms. Uh, those storms are likely tomorrow with a high of 75. 50% chance on Thursday, again, 75 for a high, and then cooler, sunny on Friday with a high of 65. Gubernatorial candidate Bill Igel in studio with us. Good to see you again. I know we, we well, we talked to you a couple weeks ago, and then uh, you've joined us out at Scramblers. I think that yes. was an exploratory thing. That's right. That, that was the pre You were exploring. We were, you must was, have liked what you that found. Was the, that was the pre-party. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the pre-party. Yeah. <laughs> well, people don't really necessarily know that there are, I, I guess, fundraising implications to the difference between being an official candidate versus exploratory. I think people oftentimes are like, well, what are you really exploring? I mean, there are reasons for that. Right. Well, I, I think for me it was, you know, I, 
right now in the state senate i represent three percent of the state so i, I needed to, i need the opportunity to travel around the state and actually meet with republicans all over the state uh hear what they're talking about hear what their frustrations are uh and, and talk to them about what my platform was going to be what was i going to do if i was the governor of the state and i'm, I want to, I'm talking about getting rid of personal property tax but, uh, i'm talking about getting rid of the machines in our elections protecting farmland and we i was testing to see whether or not that message would be well received and the short story is it's overwhelmingly well received mm -hmm. I, I think folks at this at this juncture in the state of missouri are desperate for leadership out of jefferson city i mean if i had to prob point to the one thing we don't have in jefferson city it's leadership uh, we we have very weak leadership at the senior ranks of republican the republican party and as a result we're not passing all those big red policies that we see happening in other states and people are frustrated you mentioned that you represent about three percent of the state and so you're well aware of, um, well, you know, you go out in your district, people see you, you know you, and then uh, you go to Warrensburg or some other place and you're in a different world all of a sudden. And I, I know you recognize that, but I think a lot of times voters, they'll, they'll, you know, we know our people. And so it it's uh, almost foreign to us that outside of here no one knows this person is that i mean it's just got to be a different you you understand it of course but but it's got to be much different talking to people that are your constituents that know you uh versus these like who's this guy mm -hmm. yeah well you know it, it's it's actually really similar when i ran for the state senate for the first time back in 2016 nobody knew me back in those days even in my own district uh, and i was going around introducing myself to people promising that i was going to go down to jefferson city on their behalf and kick some apple carts over mm -hmm. And now that I'm doing that again, except we're talking about uh, being the governor of the state and the urgency now, I think, that we have, uh, that people are looking for that leader is higher than it was uh, back in, in 2016. We've you know, and we talk about this gubernatorial race. People say, well, you know, you don't have the name ID statewide, right? What about the name ID? Because there's, there's other candidates in there that have an, a, you know, more name ID than right. you do. <laughs> It reminds me, going back to that 2016 race, you know, the first person that I ran against for state senate. Uh, when I had zero name ID for the state Senate was a gal by the name of Ann Zare. So her last name is Zare. Zare is actually an incredibly well-known name in St. Charles County. In fact, it's so well-known that my wife's maiden name is Zare. I mean, we were, so, so I was running against someone who had all kinds of name ID, all kinds of money, and we won anyway. Were you thinking, I should have taken her last name? Well... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, actually, what I was thinking was we made, we made T-shirts. Yeah. We made T-shirts for her parents that said Zares for Eigel and ran and walked in parades. It was it was great. Oh, so yeah. you know, we, we, right. we you see what smart, I did there. You smart, see what I did there. See. So you know, I, I think what that what we realize from that and what we're going to realize in in the gubernatorial race is that for all the name ID and all the money that somebody may have, people are looking for message. You know, people are looking for what are you going to do for this state uh, that's not just the same of what as what we've been getting uh, for the past 20 right. years from Republicans. And so there's a big status quo we got to break. Well, and I know and we'll, we'll talk <clears throat> here, excuse me, uh, a bit about of that. And we've talked about it in the past. But again, some, you know, people are listening right now, other than when you've been on this program or through the area, they may not know you. Uh, like, who are you? What What's your background you growing up why did you decide that you wanted to do this and yeah. when did you decide you wanted to do this and when i say this i'm talking even run for the state senate yes so uh so my background is a combination before politics it's a combination of uh military service i was in the air force for uh, eight years. I was assigned as an aircraft maintenance officer for in uh, Louisiana on the B-52, Davis Monthan Air Force Base out in Arizona on the A-10. And then finally, my last assignment was out at Whiteman Air Force Base on the B-2. So I'm actually familiar with Warrensburg. 
mentioned Warrensburg. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm familiar with Warrensburg. Uh, and uh, when I got out of the, the service in 2007, moved back to St. Charles County, that's where my wife is from, uh, and raised a family and bought a little small business. And actually, I didn't want anything to do with politics. I. <laughs> Because as a small right. business owner, government is either taking more of your money in the form of taxation or they're telling you what you can't do with your own property. So I didn't want anything to do with government. So I wasn't looking for government. Government found me in 2014, 2015 in the Obamacare time frame, right? You remember the Obamacare stuff? You're going to keep your doctor and your rates are going to oh, go sure. down. Remember all that oh, silliness? Yes. Well, when my rates went up 70% and my benefits got cut in half, I go home and I talk to my wife, Amanda. And we determined, hey, we got to find a way to get involved. And my process of coming into the political discussion is very similar to people all over the state right now who are angry about something going on in politics. Could be the COVID environment, could be uh, the tax burden, it could be whatever it is. Uh, and they're looking for leaders who are actually going to be having the that are going to have the spine and the willingness to go down and kick over the necessary uh, structures of status quo in Jefferson City to get these things done. So what, when I when I got into the state senate, I thought to myself, well, this is great. Well, I'm part of these super majorities where we're just going to have to, you know run over the Democrats every day. Well, what I found was, wow. you know, a lot different. We, we have a lot of soft Republicans down there in Jefferson City that want to just continue the status quo, which is making government bigger. You know, we have we have increased the size of our state budget by $30 billion in the past 13 years. We could have gotten rid of every personal property tax bill and every income tax bill for every citizen in the state. But instead, we're wasting that money. And what are we getting for all this sacrifice? Most folks, including myself, know the answer is not not a whole heck of a lot. And so they're angry. They want a reckoning for this status quo that was responsible for the COVID environment, that's responsible for the tax burden and the growth of government. And they know that if they pick someone in 2024 that's just going to continue the status quo that came from that status quo, like a Mike Kehoe or Jay Ashcroft, then things aren't going to get better in this state. So I think folks are really responding to my message of being uh, that person that's going to bring the reckoning. You know, there's another guy out there at the national level that's talking about doing that. His name is Donald J. Trump. Yeah, we were talk <clears throat> talking yesterday, Congressman Burleson, and, and he was talking about how he, in some ways Washington is worse than Jeff City, though what he learned in when he was uh, in Jeff City that – when you got behind closed doors, you had a lot of Republicans talking about how can we get more money out of people? We need to spend more. And he said it's just as bad or not worse. Mm -hmm. In Washington, these Republicans that go out talking about cutting and so forth, right. that's not who they really are. And I, to me, it's evident that Missouri has had this problem for some time, right. that while there are Republicans that are in there fighting, you can usually figure out who they are. They're the ones that the Republican Party, they don't care for too much. <laughs> the they call, yeah, they yeah. call troublemakers and, and so forth. Malcontents. So, I, so what, do you, what, do you, what do you do? I mean, you, it, it's one thing, obviously, to say we've got to become – more fiscally responsible. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. But then you get in there, and there's that big wall of reality. These people who are entrenched and powerful. So, so how do you how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, we have to understand that that wall of resistance is being empowered by senior leadership in this state that doesn't want to change the wall. So it leaves uh, individuals, whether it's an Eric Burleson or Bill Eigel in the Missouri Senate, to be that voice of the minority, effectively, that's calling for these kind of Republican changes, these reforms. Uh, what we need to do, <clears throat> which will not only profit the state, but will bring the party back together, which is very fractured right now, is call on these Republicans from the governor's position in particular to do Republican things. I mean, why is the Republican Party fractured today? It's fractured today because a guy like Mike Parson calls on Republicans to raise our gas taxes. Well, that's not a Republican. 
Republican thing. And that's going to fracture the party because there's guys like me who are going to be troublemakers if that's what we're going to try to do. Uh, It fractures the party when Mike Parson supports the expansion of Medicaid, when he expands the budget and wastes billions of dollars on pork barrel spending in the budget instead of cutting taxes and unleashing the economy of this state. It fractures the party because there's guys like me who are going to be troublemakers if that's what we're spending our time doing. When I'm the governor of this state, I'm going to call on the legislature to not only get rid of personal property tax because you shouldn't have to pay rent for the crime of owning a car every December 1st. We're going to get rid of the machines in our elections. We're going to pre- we're going to we're not going to allow one square inch of Missouri to be sold by any to any foreign entity. And if they can't get it done in one of the longest regular sessions anywhere in the country for a state legislature, I'll be calling them back here for special sessions in Jefferson City until they get it done. In fact, you know who just did that? That very thing was Greg Abbott down in Texas. He called the Texas legislature into two successive special sessions to cut property taxes. And finally, because he was a leader on that issue, Texas passed the largest property tax cut in state and I think actually American history. State Senator Bill Igle with us going to just uh, get a traffic update and take a minute break and we'll continue on here as you are crisscrossing the state, running for governor, talking to people, listening to people as mm-hmm. well, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and getting an earful at that. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. State Senator Igle with us. He's running for. Governor in the state of Missouri, uh, I had thought we had spoken after the whole flamethrower, uh, flamethrower gate, gate, flamethrower gate. Um, but I realized I had, I had talked about it, but we haven't talked to you since then. And there was a lot of disinformation that was spread out there. Um, Crystal Quaid, who is a local state rep here, she's also running for governor as a Democrat, mm-hmm. um, was one of those. I'm sure she has a tremendous amount of followers, so she was instrumental in spreading that disinformation <laughs> that you and another uh, of your colleagues were burning books, burning books with right? flamethrowers. And, right. and there was no mistaking it because they were, they're literally, literally burning books. Not metaphorically. Yeah. Literally. And it's just... I these the left, of course, they're hysterical, right? They're emotionally driven, hysterical individuals. And I you would think that there would be some moment in which someone would go, maybe we should wait (laughs) before we start spreading things like that. Because do you notice it's almost always Democrats. Whenever there is something that goes viral that turns out to be hilariously not true. Right. It's always the Democrats are the ones and the media, which you're talking about one and the same. I, it, it seems like it's never Republicans. Well, well, they were. Think about this. The so the 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 leftists were so excited about the perception of a possibility to be outraged. They never even stopped to consider the truth. Right? The truth never mattered here. I mean, this was this went literally, literally, right yeah. around the world, oh, around the world. Thirty million views of us burning French up. newspaper. <laughs> right? I mean, thirty million views of us burning cardboard boxes because everybody uh, on Facebook who was a leftist was saying we were burning books. But you know what? Are we really surprised by this? Because the truth has never mattered to these people. If they had been I mean, flags, they I mean, would have been okay. Yeah, would have been okay. But I mean, these are the people that are saying that men can get pregnant. So the truth never mattered to yeah. these folks. It never will matter to these folks. But you know what? Those aren't the folks I'm trying to reach anyway in my gubernatorial campaign because they represent such a minority of this state that Missouri has already decided in every election, every two years for the past 20 years, that that kind of craziness is not what we're going to buy into. So I also drove them nuts when I followed up this video mm-hmm. of me burning com- by, uh, burning uh, cardboard boxes by saying, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because 
if the only thing standing in between the children of this state and the pornographic materials, the vulgar pornography that's getting into our schools and our libraries is having a bonfire of that vulgar material on the governor's mansion lawn, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And so that caused another opportunity for outrage. (laughs) You thought you were mad before. (laughs) I got one for you. Well, and so people know the background of it. You were, I think it was some, it was an event and there were items being auctioned off mm-hmm. and some of them were flamethrowers. So they asked if you and, and one of your colleagues would demonstrate That's them. Right. And so they put some cardboard boxes out there for you guys to light up. You know, and, there was an AR-15 then, that we, we raffled off too. That one didn't get any press. Well, you, we, there didn't, wasn't demonst- a vi- we didn't demonstrate it though. You had, like, yeah, I, you would have had to have demonstrated it. And then <laughs> it, who knows what they would have taken from that. They're literally shooting up, you know, they're pretty, what, who knows what they would have claimed. I mean, we had individuals text from emailing my Senate office from different <laughs> countries. It was, I, I've just never seen anything like it. And no one, if, if you watch the video, it's very clear that these are just cardboard boxes. I mean, it's crystal clear. No, no, no pun intended for crystal quit, but it's crystal clear, right? Uh, and yet, the truth never mattered. It never will matter. And I'm well, what was going through your take... mind whenever, like, did somebody, did you see it? Did somebody call? What? How did that? That's so what I. How did this because, come about? Yeah, I'm so... just, I'm like, wait a minute, what? So first of all, these I had never fired a, a flamethrower mm-hmm. before. So when somebody <clears throat> said, put one of these things in my hands and said, "Hey, can you demonstrate mm-hmm. this cool flamethrower uh, on a pile of cardboard boxes?" I thought. Heck yeah! Let's yeah. <laughs> light let's it do up. This. I mean, it had a little it had a little uh, digital display on the side of oh, it nice. that showed how much fuel you had. Sweet. I mean, it was you had to. I mean, it was like something right out of a sci-fi yeah. movie. So I thought, well, hey, that's great. And I wasn't even thinking about this until literally two minutes before they decided to put it in my hands. And I I thought that sounded cool. So we did it, and we didn't think anything of it. I mean. I, I'm trying to find out who won those things in the raffle right. uh, so I could go back and talk to them and we can, you know, find more uh, cardboard boxes to burn or other vulgar material, mm. right? I mean, we got to be careful about so, that. So did somebody call you? How did I just... No, they were. I showed up at the event and they no, were... No, no, I mean when it all went... When you thought Crystal Quaid was spreading disinformation, <laughs> yes. you had a, like it was going... Now, that When you realized that they were claiming that you were burning books yes on monday morning so this happened on a friday night on monday morning we woke up and we had a uh, dozens of interview requests not just from missouri but like, oh, all over the country nice. all over oh, the country look. things are really catching at, on at first we at first we didn't really we didn't really believe it right we didn't really believe it, like nah they they wouldn't this believe, is yeah. they they they're not really wanting to talk about this. They want to talk about. They must want to talk about something <clears throat> else. No, they really wanted to talk about this. And then I started seeing. Uh, you're right. It was it was being reported overseas. The French were all nervous that Americans were starting to burn books. You know, mm, I mean, wow. it was uh, it was just insane. And it was a real, um, it was really unfortunate for the left. And it was another example, as you said, that uh, the truth never matters. Did anyone? I did not see any public apologies. About spreading disinformation. And for a media that is so concerned about disinformation, the fact that not only did they carry it, but I didn't see anybody condemning or saying, hey, maybe, especially if you're an elected official um, and the leader of your party, talking about about Crystal Quaid, maybe you ought to be the voice of reason here and just hold back a bit before you start something like that. I didn't see any of that concern. And and I'm not holding my breath. You know, Nick, the the reality is these groups have been attacking me for as long as I've been in politics because they know that I don't care uh, what they do to attack me. I'm going to fight for the people of this state. And uh, when I'm the governor of the state, I'm going to be taking these kind of slings and arrows from the left on behalf of every one of the six million people in this state. Uh, I'm ready for it. 
Uh, I'm not worried about these leftists and these people that don't care about the truth. Let's go, Missouri. Are we able to have you till eight o'clock? I, yeah. I don't know that I ask. Okay, um, we'll just take a quick traffic update, then about 60 seconds, continuing on with Bill Eigel, gubernatorial candidate here in Missouri, of course. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Senator Bill Eigel with us. He is running for governor here in the state of Missouri. Um, how'd you meet your wife? Uh, in college, in college, so a long time ago. Actually, uh, we I, I refer to my uh, uh, meeting of Amanda as love at second sight. Uh, we were freshmen uh, going. We we went to Purdue, believe it or not. Uh, so I am a black and gold kind of guy. See that? Uh, yeah. See, uh, uh-huh. connecting it right yep. there. Uh, but we met when we were freshmen, and uh, the only thing I could afford at the time was to be able to take her out for Pizza Hut, and uh, she was so unimpressed that I called her the next day. And you remember in the old days when we had corded phones? Oh, sure. And oh, you had to yeah. click on the button if you had another call coming in. So when I call her, I, I, I said, hey, it's Bill. And, and she says, oh, well, hang on. I got my wife on the other or my, my mom on the mm-hmm. other line. Let me click over and I'll call you right back. She never called back. And for like four years went by. Like I didn't talk to her for four years. And then right before we graduate college, I meet up with her again and we kick it off. And we had forgotten that we had we had gone on this ill-fated date really? when we were freshmen. Yes. Uh, and we started dating at the end of our college career and then had this realization, weren't you the Pizza Hut guy? Huh. And so uh, so I got a second chance and uh, I made the most of it and uh, we ended up together, which is uh, when people, I'll tell you what, you know, Amanda, she's an Air Force veteran as well. Uh, she's an ultra marathon runner. She's a breast cancer survivor. Uh, when people we meet Amanda, they are going to be blown away. Uh, she's going to make a fantastic first lady. Uh, for for every girl and woman as a role model in this state. Uh, in fact, the, the question I'm probably going to have to start answering is, why isn't she running for governor? So uh, that's so, that's why I'm here first. So people, of course, <laughs> Republicans, um, and there's a bit of time before they're going to be asked to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other names, and you mentioned a couple a little more high profile with the name recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they want to know, why you? Right. Right. Well, let's start doing some big red ideas in this state to get it growing. First thing I'm going to do, uh, we're going to get rid of personal property tax in this state. You know, uh, the idea that we should be paying rent to government on our cars every December 1st for the crime of owning one is outrageous. You know, 29 other states have already gotten rid of this. We have never been sending more money to government at all levels, local, state, federal. It's time to cut the tax burden. You know, personal property tax and income taxes behind that are the main reason that people aren't moving to the state of Missouri. It's why they're moving to Tennessee. It's why they're moving to Florida. Well, we got to stop that. I want them to move here. I I love all those other big red states, but I want that growth and that economic activity to happen here. So we're going to get, we're going to cut the tax burden. Second, we're going to start defending the land in this state. You know, uh, we have a real problem where we have foreign entities. Yes, everybody knows about China. Everybody's heard of China. But what about the World Economic Forum? You know, what about other entities that are bad actors that are trying to drive up the price of our farmland and control our food supply. We need to put a stop to it. I'm the only guy saying I don't want to. I don't want to uh, sell one square inch of Missouri to a foreign entity. And what about our elections? You know, we got a Secretary of State, as you know, that loves to talk about election integrity. Well, why am I the only one talking about getting rid of the machines in this state uh, running our election that nobody trusts? Uh, let's go back to the hand counting of ballots that worked for more than a century in this state. These are the kind of reforms I'm talking about. And when we bring down the size of all that government and the tens of billions of dollars that are being wasted in Jefferson City, we're going to have the resources to lower the tax burden and get Missouri growing again and break out of this swamp. But we got to be willing to challenge the swamp, which is currently profiting 
from the spending of all those dollars. And until we do that, until we have somebody in the governor's chair that has the boldness and the spine to take on these tough issues, uh, it, it's just not going to happen. Uh, what's the best way people, you got websites, social media, people want to learn more, connect up? BillEigel.com. You know, it's our website. It's uh, We've had 30,000 people sign up. Uh, this, that's, that has been one of the key drivers of moving from the exploratory into the primary campaign. Uh, folks are really responding to our message of having that champion that's going to bring a reckoning to Jefferson City. So if you're interested, check out BillEigel.com. Consider signing up. Uh, we've got just about 60 seconds left. I'm curious, have you yet visited a place in Missouri? And you're like, I had no idea. that I've never even heard of this town. Uh, there are towns I drive through every day, uh, yeah. it seems like, that I haven't been to. And I see places and meet people that I've never met before. Uh, and what I'm finding is whether you're from rural, whether you're from rural Missouri or, you know, the urban cities or the suburban areas, they all share the same thing in common as Republicans. And they're furious. You know, they're frustrated about everything that's going on. They, they instinctually uh, see the decline in our country and they see Missouri falling behind. They're angry, not at Democrats right now. They're angry right. at Republicans. Oh for not being the bold leaders they keep promising to be in election season. Next year, we're going to fix all that. All right. Well, I imagine you'll uh, be passing through again at some point. Of course. Uh, let us know. And it, you know, we talked earlier, of course, Fridays were at Scramblers. I know you've mm -hmm. been out there with us there. So that's always a good show. Yeah. Because you get delicious breakfast while you're there. That's right. Right. Bill Igel, thank you, sir. Thank it's you so much for having great me. Great pleasure having you uh, through. We've got another hour coming up. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. And a reminder, Friday we do have happy hour at Retro Metro on Republican Cox. Love for you to come by, hang out with us. Oh, and we are going to be very, very, very soon announcing the next great escape. I keep forgetting to mention that. So that'll be coming sooner than later. News in 60 